Parables start off like pictures, then become mirrors, and then become windows. First, there's sight, as we see a slice of life in a picture. Then there's insight, as we see ourselves in the mirror. And then there's vision, as we look through the window of revelation and see the Lord. Well, good morning, Watermark family. My name is Jermaine Harrison, if we have not met, and I'm the student's director here at Watermark. Um, I've been on staff at Watermark for the past eight years uh, with the students team, and I've been a member of our church for the last 11 years. My life has been transformed, shaped, encouraged, and my faith has been strengthened getting to be a part of this Watermark family. I was born in the Caribbean and I moved to Dallas in 2010 to um, attend seminary. And along the way, the Lord has been faithful and kind in so many ways. One of which is providing me with my wonderful wife, Hannah, and our two young children, Winslow and, and Darcy. And it is my joy, yeah, it's my joy and privilege to be um, there. <laughs> to be their their dad. And so I just want to take this moment um, to once again acknowledge all of the fathers in the room. Thank you so much for the ways you love, lead, and care for your families. And those of you dads watching online, I hope that you feel celebrated and thanked today. All right, we're going to continue on in our parable series that we've been working our way through the last couple weeks of the summer. And to set up where we're going, I'm going to start by asking you a question. I need some audience participation. Raise your hand if you are familiar with the term built different. There we go. There we go. Some of you are. Some of you are. Some of you aren't. Okay. Just so we can catch everyone up, being built different is the idea of being best in class, unusually talented or gifted. In fact, up on the screen, we'll have a few photos of some people that our culture would consider built different, right? I made sure to put MJ and LeBron on there just so you don't have too much of a debate in the audience while we're trying to go through this message. But someone who's built different, right, is um, more talented maybe, more gifted, has produced more or um, has accomplished more in their area of expertise and in athletics or business or music or whatever else it might be. Someone who is built different is best in class, if you will, in our culture. But in God's kingdom, being built different is about something way more important than the accolades or accomplishments that we can receive in this world. In God's kingdom, to be built different is to walk in obedience to the words of Jesus while being held securely by the work of Jesus. Let me say that again. In God's kingdom, to be built different is to walk in obedience to the words of Jesus while being held securely by the work of Jesus. And we're gonna see this point made clear and evident in our parable today. So if you have your Bible, I want to invite you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. And we're going to read verses 24 through 27. Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. Verse 24 of Matthew 7 reads, Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. 
and the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. And so Jesus gives this parable, this story, if you will, and he starts it out with the phrase, everyone who hears these words of mine. Your, your first response should be, what words is Jesus referencing um, when he says everyone who hears these words of mine? Uh, in a general sense, he's talking about every word of God revealed to us in Scripture. All Scripture is God-breathed, and it is profitable for instruction and godliness and training in righteousness. And so in one sense, Jesus is saying all of his words are important to be listened to and to be followed and obeyed. And in another sense, very specific to the text, he's referencing the words that he had just spoken to a crowd of thousands of people. If you're not familiar, Matthew chapter 7, this parable is at the end of one of the greatest sermons ever given. Jesus gives the Sermon on the Mount to thousands of people and he talks about issues like anger and purity and generosity and worry and anxiety and prayer and conflict resolution. There's so many uh, issues that Jesus addresses in the Sermon on the Mount and yet he tells this parable at the end of this sermon because Jesus knows something that's true about you and me. It's easy for us to hear his words and not apply them to our lives. In fact, I, I heard this quote as I was preparing for this message and it says this, hearing sermons is a dangerous business if one does not put them into practice. Hearing sermons is a dangerous business if one does not put them into practice. And obviously it expands beyond just hearing a sermon whether it might be reading a book or reading God's word or, or a, con a spiritual conversation with another follower of Jesus. Hearing sermons is a dangerous business if one does not put them into practice. And so Jesus tells the parable that we just read because he is for you. He is for us. He wants us to be built different. He wants us to walk in obedience to his words while being held securely by his work. And so he shows us in this parable the path to being built different. The path to being built different. And that's um, what we're going to spend our time exploring for the rest of the morning. And so if you've been around here and, and, and been a part of this sermon series, you've heard the words in the bumper or maybe in some of the sermons um, of a picture, a window, and a mirror. And so any parable that you, um, you read that's a story of Jesus in the New Testament, that's a, a helpful framework for you to put that parable in. First, it's a picture. In other words, it gives you insight. There's this presentation of truth. And then it's a mirror. It's an opportunity for you and I to stop and reflect on the truth being pre presented in the parable. 
And then thirdly, it's a window, a vision of the future, of a preferred reality if you put into practice the the application from that parable. And so we're going to use that framework as we observe Matthew 7, 24 through 27 for the rest of the morning. So let's start with the picture, the, the revelation of truth that we see in the parable. And the picture is this, someone who is built different has their life built on the rock. Someone who is built different has their life built on the rock. Notice in the parable, again, there are two men, two builders, right? And they have a lot in common. Both of these builders hear the words of Jesus. That's one thing they have in common. The second thing that both builders have in common is that they both build a house, right? And then thirdly, both builders experience a violent storm. They have a ton in common. However, one of the builders is described as being wise, and the other is described as being foolish. So what made the difference? What's the difference between being wise and being foolish according to Jesus' parable, uh, this picture? The one difference was that one man not only heard the words of Jesus, but actually applied the words of Jesus to his life, and by doing so, was firmly planting himself, being held securely by the work of Jesus, that is, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus from the dead to offer you and I a reconciled relationship with God. The person that is wise not only hears the words of Jesus, but applies the words of Jesus. So again, to be built different is to walk in obedience to the words of Jesus while being held securely by the work of Jesus. Here's a question for you. When do we find out that the wise builder is actually wise? How is he proven to be wise? Answer, after the storm. Right? They had so much in common. Everything seemed to be the same. They heard the words of Jesus. They built a great house. And this violent storm comes. And then we see a difference. One is wise and one is foolish. Because the storm is a great revealer. The storms that we experience reveal what is true about us. Let me give you an example. I grew up um, in the Caribbean, like I mentioned before. And I've gotten to experience several um, very powerful and dangerous hurricanes during my upbringing. So I'm I'm talking 150 mile an hour winds, torrential rain, flooding, danger and destruction all around. And I've gotten to, to witness it firsthand. And here's what we do in the Caribbean or in other places where, where hurricanes are normal. You, when, the, when the storm is about to come, you go to the store and you buy all of the non-perishable goods because you don't know when uh, you're going to be able to go back to the grocery store or when electricity is going to be back on. You, you, you stock up on water, you stock up on other necessities, you get up on the roof of your house, you make sure everything is in order, that all the nails are in the right place because you don't want the winds that come to rip your roof off, right? You put up plywood on your windows or maybe you have shutters. You do all of these things in preparation for the storm. And then the storm comes and you wait. 
Usually a, a hurricane lasts for a couple of hours and sometimes it lasts for a few days. And you're sitting in your home in the dark usually without any internet or Instagram or social media and you actually have to play cards and talk to the people in your house um, and you wait for the storm to pass. And then once the storm passes, what does everyone do? You go outside to assess the damage. You go outside to see how, what houses have survived. How did the, the houses do? What houses were proven to be not structurally sound because of the, the, the wind and the rain and it exposed that that house or home was not built different. And in the same way, Storms come our way into our lives, some major and some minor, almost every single day. Some of you right now as you're sitting in this room are experiencing the storm of stress and anxiety at work. Or maybe it's long-term sickness or a conflict in your family or a miscarriage that you just experienced or unemployment that seems to have no end. Or maybe you're stressed and worried about your children's health or their, their social development. Maybe it's a, a season of doubting your faith or financial hardship or being ridiculed for your faith at work or in your family. Maybe it's the death of a family member or a loved one, disappointment in dating. Or maybe it's caring for your aging parents. Or maybe on a day like today, Father's Day, you have mixed emotions because of a, a complicated relationship maybe with your, with your dad. And I can relate to that because of my own experience. My biological father passed away in 2018 and we never had a relationship. And there's moments where I wonder, man, could things have been different or, or why weren't they different? And so I understand and know that there are so many of you in this room experiencing some level of storm, if you will. Here's what's true. Everyone experiences storms. Every single one of us experiences storms, but not everyone endures with hope. Every one of us experiences storms, but not everyone endures with hope. Why? Because Jesus gives us the ability to endure with hope because of his words and because of his work. Jesus died on the cross, rose again to provide a firm foundation for you and I when the storms of life come our way. And when our life isn't founded on him, we'll experience that great fall that Jesus talks about in this parable. Everyone experiences storms, but not everyone endures with hope. So when you're built different, your life stands strong when the storms of life come, when life gets shaky. And I have a feeling that every single one of you wants to be built different. Every one of you wants to stand strong when life is shaky. And so on the path to being built different, we just saw the picture. The picture is that someone who is built different has their life built on the rock. That's the, the idea, the principle that Jesus wants us to understand. If you're going to be built different, your life should be built on the rock. That is Jesus. Next, let's look at the, the mirror. 
The mirror asks a question of every single one of us. And here it is. The question is, what is the foundation of your life? What is the foundation of your life? And this question about what the foundation of your life is, is extremely important. It is the difference between your life standing strong when life gets shaky and your life crumbling when life gets hard. And so the question of the foundation is extremely important for every single one of us to reflect on and think through. And it's not just a question for uh, those of us who may not be followers of Jesus. Yes, if you are not a follower of Jesus, your life is on a sandy and shaky foundation that will not last the tests of this life and the one to come. Additionally, though, even if you are a follower of Jesus and your life has been genuinely placed on the firm foundation that is Jesus, we're still tempted every day to run to sandy foundations. Let me know if you find yourself in, in this list of foundations of sand. Maybe your, your sandy foundation is wanting or seeking to be well-liked by others. And so you buy a certain car or you live in a certain neighborhood, you dress a certain way or you speak a certain way in a, in a group of people because you want them to like you. Maybe it's your finances and your trust and rest and peace comes from the number in your bank account. I know how easily I can be tempted to that. Or maybe it's you, you, you compare your marriage or your dating relationship to the marriage of someone else. And, and if theirs is a little bit worse, if maybe they need to go to re-engage and you don't, you feel a little bit better. And that's your, your foundation. Maybe your sandy foundation is your physical health. Or it's the, the, the identity you get from your, your kids' um, academics and athletics. Or your physical attractiveness or your career aspirations. I could go on and on giving you example after example of sandy, shaky foundations that we are so easily tempted to want to find meaning and hope and satisfaction and purpose in. But here's the truth. Every foundation that is not Jesus is a foundation that can be taken away. Your finances can be taken away. Your, your physical health can be taken away. The, the, the idea of being well-liked by others, that can be taken away. Your, your kid's skill in academics or athletics, that can be taken away. Whatever your foundation might be that you're running towards that isn't Jesus can easily be taken away. And then what? Another helpful question for us all to reflect on as we consider this idea of what is the foundation of the house of my life is this. When storms come, where do I run? When storms come, where do I run? In other words, when the finances aren't the way they used to be or your relationship isn't what it used to be or your health is declining or there's some sort of challenge at work or whatever the storm might be, where do you run? Is it to an old addiction, a past relationship, to your finances, to a distraction, binging or eating? Is it to some other bad habit? 
where you run is a good indicator of your foundation. That you think that whatever that thing you're running to is going to bring you safety and security and peace and rest. And if it's not Jesus, it won't. That's what Jesus is trying to illustrate in this parable. When the storms come, where do I run? I've been so encouraged to to think about in preparation for this message, a ministry that we have around here at Watermark called Regeneration for Students. Regeneration for Students is a seven-step biblical recovery program for students in grades 6 through 12. And we launched it back in 2019 because we knew, we realized that the storms of life don't wait until you turn 25. And that there's brokenness and pain and difficulty and hurt that that young people also experience. And so praise God that over the last eight semesters, we've had over 600 teenagers that have gone through regeneration for students and have gotten to experience the meaning and the hope that can be found in Christ. When their life got shaky, when the storms of life came, they got the opportunity to be presented with the truth that Christ is a firm foundation in the midst of whatever they might be going through. So 600 students over the last four years have been led by 100 young adult volunteers. Yeah, (laughs) praise God. To build the foundation of their life on on Jesus. So when you look at the, the mirror of this parable, when you get that chance to reflect, some of you should be really, really encouraged right now. That as you reflect on your life, you go, man, I am in no way perfect. But as I look at the general direction and trajectory of my life, my life is marked by humble obedience and surrender to Jesus. And that his spirit leads me and guides me and I am yielded to him. You should be really, really encouraged if you honestly assess your life and that's true. Some of you, as you look into the mirror of this parable, should be very concerned because your life is on a sandy foundation and it's either crumbling or about to crumble because any foundation that is not Jesus is bound to fail. But if you want to be built different, Jesus is your foundation. And so on the path to being built different, we just looked at the mirror and asked ourselves a question. What is the foundation of the house of my life? What is the foundation of the house of my life? Lastly, we're going to look at the window. A vision of the future, a vision for the possibilities that can be true of every single person in this room and listening online. A window. Knowing the possible outcomes, am I willing to do what it takes to be built different. Knowing the possible outcomes, am I willing to do what it takes to be built different? Let me remind you again of the two possible outcomes. Matthew 7. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. 
And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against it and it fell. And great was the fall of it. And so the reminder is is that there's two options. You can be alive and have a life that stands firm when life gets shaky, or you can have a life that is bound to crumble because it is not built on the firm foundation that is Jesus. Those are the options. And so with those possible outcomes, the question still remains, am I willing to do what it takes to be built different? If you are, then these few points of application that I'll share with you will be really helpful toward that end. The first um, point of application, if knowing the possible outcomes, you're willing to do what it takes to be built different, the first application is to let Jesus into your life. Let Jesus into your life. Revelation chapter 3 verse 20 um, is such an incredible picture of the potential relationship with Jesus that is available to every single one of us. Jesus in speaking to one of the churches that the, the, that the, the letters in Revelation are written to, he says this in Revelation 3 verse 20, behold, I stand at the door of your life and I knock. I love that imagery. Jesus isn't forcing himself upon us. Jesus isn't making us love him. Jesus isn't uh, making us follow him. He's not forcing us to be in a relationship with him. Instead, he stands at the door of every single one of our lives and he knocks, waiting for the invitation to be let in. And the rest of the verse says, if anyone, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and will eat with him and he with me. And so Jesus waits for the invitation to be made the foundation of your life. He doesn't force himself in. Let Jesus come into your life. Let me say this, that apart from Christ, every single one of us was headed for one storm. You know, we all experience different difficulties and challenges in life, but there's one storm that apart from Jesus, every one of us was headed towards. Because all of us like sheep have gone astray and have gone to our own way, we've said, God, thanks, but no thanks. I'm gonna do my own thing. Because that is true, because we've rebelled against a good, righteous, and holy God, the wages of sin is death. And so the storm of uh, of God's wrath and his judgment was headed our way. And praise God that Jesus made the, the, the powerful statement and decision to stand in front of that storm, to have God's wrath poured out upon his shoulders as he hung on the cross for you and me. He said, I'm gonna take their, pay, their place. I'm gonna take their pain. I'm gonna take the punishment and the, the storm of God's wrath upon myself and I'll give them an exchange so that they can have my life. They can have new life and new hope and new meaning and new purpose. And so because of Jesus, we have the ability to live built different. Let Jesus into your life. Remember what made the wise man wise? 
is that he heard the words of Jesus and he obeyed the words of Jesus, founding his life on the firm foundation that is Jesus. So knowing the possible outcomes, am I willing to do what it takes to be built different? If so, let Jesus into your life. Secondly, if so, listen to the words of Jesus. Listen to the words of Jesus. Another way of saying that is put yourself in a place, get where you can hear the words of Jesus. Get where you can hear the words of Jesus. A couple weeks ago, um, one of the couples in our community group um, put on and hosted a backyard vacation Bible school. And so basically what it was is they invited all of the families in our group and all of the young children and other friends and family members and their kids to to come to their backyard for, for a couple of hours each day for one week to just study God's word. And my, my two-year-old son got to be a part of that. And unbeknownst to me, I was learning a memory verse that I had never tried to commit to memory. But he had at this vacation Bible school, Psalm 86, 15. It says, but you, O Lord, are compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love and faithfulness. That's how he says it when he's quoting it at home. And it's been so incredible to see his hunger to, to, for God's word. He'll ask us, can I quote the memory verse that we got to hear over and over for just a couple hours uh, a few weeks ago? He got somewhere where he could hear the words of Jesus. And if a two-year-old can, you can too, right? And so my encouragement to you is get where you can hear the words of Jesus. Our church um, has a Bible reading plan called Join the Journey. And if you don't have a time, place, and plan for spending time in God's word, I would encourage you to join us. We just started reading through um, the book of Joshua. And so you can dive on in with us in Joshua chapter 7 tomorrow. There's um, accompanying devotionals and a podcast as well. You can find more information at jointhejourney.com. And so get to where you can listen to the words of Jesus. And last but not least, if you know the possible outcomes and you are willing to do what it takes to be built different, you let Jesus into your life, you listen to the words of Jesus, and finally you do it. You live like Jesus. Every single gathering of the the, the corporate body at Watermark uh, for the entire existence of Watermark has ended the exact same way. Have a great week of worship. And that's not just a commission to say, we hope you find some good worship songs this week. No, have a great week of worship. In another way, what we're saying is, go live like Jesus. You just sat in a worship service where you you encountered God through song, where you were encouraged by other believers worshiping God together. You were taught and trained and equipped from God's word. And now we are commissioning you to go out, to go back to your homes, to your families, to your jobs, to the difficulties, to the storms, to whatever you might be experiencing and live it in full dependence and full devotion, humbly walking with Jesus, obeying his words, held securely by his work. That's what we mean by have a great week of worship. And so the encouragement to us, if we want to live built different, 
and we're willing to do what it takes is to live like Jesus. And so as we wrap up, in a sermon that drives toward application, you know, there can be that temptation for those of you who are like me um, to maybe feel more burdened or to feel uh, a legalistic impulse to achieve and perform. And I love that what is clear in this parable and elsewhere in scripture is that Jesus knows that you can't follow him. He knows that you can't obey him on your own. In another place in John chapter 14, right before Jesus was crucified, he's giving a a last word of encouragement to his disciples that I think is so important and relevant for us today. Here's what he says. If you love me, you keep my commandments. In other words, you obey me. And I just love the, the, the tenderness and the comfort and hope that comes next because Jesus knows and assumes that our response will be, I can't do it. I can't make it on my own. I can't obey you on my own. And that's precisely the point. Verse 16, Jesus says, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Friends, we can't do it on our own. We were never meant to do it on our own. Jesus, the savior of the world, asked his father for to give us another helper and God said, I got you. And we have the most amazing gift of all that the God of the universe, for those who have placed their faith and trust in Jesus, indwells us and he's with us. He's with you wherever you're going to right after this, whatever hurt or heartache or challenge or joy or exciting thing that awaits you, the God of the universe is with you to offer you hope and peace and guidance and direction and comfort and whatever you need. I love the words of that verse, that he'll be with you forever. So you have what it takes to be built different if you have Jesus. It's not you, it's not your own strength, it's not your own doing. To be built different is to walk in obedience to the words of Jesus while being held securely by the work of Jesus, his death, his burial, his resurrection, his spirit at work in your heart and your life. And so some of you, as you are listening to this message, you maybe have come to the realization, my house is falling apart. Maybe you saw the the illustration on screen and you went, man, that's me. I'm crumbling. And for you, if that's you, there's hope today. Jesus is ready, willing, powerful, and available to, to rescue you from the depths of despair and to place you on the firm foundation that is a relationship with him. So... 
one last time. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. And when the rain fell and the floods came and the winds beat upon that house, it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Let me pray that every single one of us would found our lives, would build our lives on Jesus. God, we love you. And we're so grateful for your kindness and your goodness and your grace. And that you do not leave us on our, home, on our own to figure out obedience to you. But that you've given us your word You've given us guidance. You've given us clarity. You've given us principles to live by. But most importantly, you've given us yourself. In the sacrifice of your son, Jesus, and the person and work of your Holy Spirit in our lives. And so, God, I pray that wherever the individuals hearing my voice find themselves right now, that they would do what it takes to be built different, that they would look to you that they would run to you, that they would build their life on you. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.